So joining us on Chewing the Fat is my man Cam Edwards. Cam, uh, welcome to Chewing the Fat. It's good to talk to you again. Thanks for coming on. I know you've been busy. Oh man, it was a pleasure. I know you've been busy. Yeah, it was a pleasure. You still uh, you still doing forty acres and a meal for uh, for and the Blaze podcast, right? Pool, forty acres and a pool. Yeah, that's what yes. I said. Forty we acres and a have mule. Any mules. Wait a minute, your farm doesn't have a mule. We do not I have a mule. Like we have a couple of jackasses, but uh, oh, no mule. Thank you, thank you. I feel like we've covered this before, but I'm still disappointed that you haven't gotten a mule. I mean, that's very disappointing to me. But you know, you don't care. Every time we think about it, you know, every time we think about it, we just end up getting more baby goats instead. Well, goats are you know more productive probably than a mule, really, and and, and cuter, uh, yeah, yeah, a lot cuter, no question. <laughs> All right, so Cam, you uh, have been covering the uh, state of Virginia, coming to get your guns uh, debacle that uh, is happening and i find it fascinating that they a what was the turning point that made them think you know what we can do this because if one state does it then other states start to think hey we can do that too so what was the turning turning point point, yeah i think the turning point was this summer we had the shooting in virginia beach at the uh, municipal complex 12 people were killed and gun control advocates uh, and politicians really seized on that and said, you know, we need these, quote unquote, common sense gun laws. Uh, and they made that a, a central theme of their campaign. We had elections in November. So every legislative seat in Virginia was up for grabs uh, in both the state assembly and the state Senate. And they ended up taking back the, the, the legislature, which had been controlled by Republicans. And so now for the first time in 26 years, Democrats are in complete control of state government in Virginia. Uh, they believe that they have a mandate to pass these types of gun bans, and that's exactly what they're trying to do. So they're actually talking about uh, not registration, but they're coming. If you, they're coming door to door and taking your guns. Uh, are they are they talking about that, or are they saying, "Hey, we're going to ask you to turn them in"? Well, so here's what's interesting. So there's a bill called Senate Bill 16. It's been introduced by the incoming Senate Majority Leader. So it's not some, you know, random legislator. It has the backing, I think, of the Democratic Party. And it banned the possession, the continued possession of any gun that they deemed a, quote unquote, assault weapon. Now, what we've seen from Governor Northam, and so, and so, by the way, there was no provision, Jeffy, in how they were going to get these guns. Just you could not continue to own them. Uh, We saw Governor Ralph Northam on Monday come out and say, well... You know, I think we're going to have a clause in there that says if you currently own these guns, you can keep them. You just have to register them with the state. Oh, that's nice. And I, I don't. Yeah, right. I don't know if he really thought that gun owners were going to be satisfied with that. No. Okay. Well, that's all better now. But that's absolutely not what has happened because we've seen in other states. You know, once these registrations get put in place, then all of a sudden the next step is, well, now you can't own them anymore. Right. And, uh, and, and we know so, you've got them. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so I, I, that's where we are right now. We've got the governor saying, no, no, we're not going to ban the possession of guns. I, I, I think that um, there may be a fight in the legislature between Democrats over how far they want to go. Uh, if the, you know, the Beto O'Rourke style, Mr. and Mrs. Virginia uh, uh, turn him in and we're giving you some money for it, if, if, if there's some sort of compensated confiscation program that becomes attached to this. But I can tell you, I mean, I just don't think that there is any stomach uh, among Republicans in the legislature, and I'm I'm very curious about a couple of these rural Democrats as to whether or not they actually want to take this step. I, I suspect that this bill will pass. I suspect that it'll be signed by Governor Northam in whatever form it ultimately uh, ends up in. Uh, but right now, there's sort of a 
I think there's a real divide among Democrats about how far they want to go. Yes, they absolutely want to infringe on the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, but because of the Second Amendment sanctuary movement that we've seen pop up in the state, well, that's, yeah. they're also, I think, really starting to get worried about the pushback here. Okay, that's, and, and that's where I was headed next. So since they've done this, uh, local municipalities have, uh, and, and counties and cities, is it just cities or is it counties as well that have come it's, together and said, hey, okay, so we're going to become sanctuary areas, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's mostly counties. There's okay. been a few cities that have cast their vote, but uh, right now I think the total, uh, well, let me put it this way. By uh, Thursday morning, we should have more than 80 uh, locations in Virginia. The vast majority wow. of them are going to be counties, uh, but you also do have a few cities, Chesapeake, Virginia, which is down in the Norfolk, Virginia Beach area. Uh, they approved a resolution. I think uh, Martinsville, Virginia approved a resolution this week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, and, and it's been incredible to watch. I mean, I've been covering the second amendment for 15 years and I've never seen anything like this. I mean, I've gone to probably eight, uh, different County board of supervisors meetings and, you know, ordinarily you might get a dozen people there, right. And yeah. to, to pay attention to what the County's doing. We're seeing last night, I was in this little County called Cumberland County, about 10,000 people. As I drove into uh, Cumberland courthouse, which is the County seat. I, there's a little Mexican restaurant that I, I eat at occasionally, and t- uh, Tuesday is Taco Tuesday. And the restaurant is <laughs> and always... And occasionally you know that that takes place on Tuesday. Right? <laughs> and, and so as I'm driving by, <laughs> I see the restaurant is half full, and I went, oh, that's kind of interesting. And then a little bit further down, there's a great pizza place called Vito's that is always packed. There were like three cars in the parking lot, and I thought to myself, okay, something's going on here. And What's I pulled happening? into the elementary school where the meeting was taking place. I had to park about a third of a mile away. Uh, as I made my way in the uh, the building, I could not get in the cafetorium where the meeting was ha- being held. Wow. There were easily 600 people uh, in this, you know, a, a small county that it turned out. Uh, Shenandoah County had more than 1,000 people. Uh, Spotsylvania County, I believe, had more than 1,000 people. Prince William County in the D.C. suburbs had more than 1,000 folks show up. So wow. it, it really is unlike anything that I've witnessed before, and I think Democrats – uh, are getting a little concerned yeah, about what should. this means for their agenda. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely should. So how, you said there's going to be 80 counties and/or municipalities that are going to be part of part of the sanctuary city. How many counties are there in Virginia? There are 95 counties in so, Virginia. Wow, man, and I think wow. Yeah, I think by the time the legislature uh, starts up in early January, we'll have at least 80% of the counties in the state uh, will have passed this resolution. And what this resolution says is that it is uh, the intent of the county to not spend any public funds enforcing unconstitutional gun control laws. Um, and, And that's really what the counties can do. But the really interesting thing is what we're seeing now from county sheriffs and from Commonwealth attorneys who are the local prosecutors in Virginia. And we're seeing more and more of those law enforcement officials step up and say, yeah, I'm not going to enforce a red flag law. I'm not going to enforce uh, taking people's guns away. I'm not going to enforce these laws. We have bigger priorities. The legislature needs to be addressing mental health. And, you know, these law enforcement officers, they do have the discretion to decide what their priorities are going to be. Well, we see, look, they, uh, cert- they certainly love around the country when uh, district attorneys and law enforcement officials say, you know what, we're not going to prosecute uh, simple uh, petty theft, and we're not going to prosecute people who are living on the streets, and we're not going to prosecute yeah. just small crimes. We love that. We're happy about that. 
Exactly right. That's exactly right. And so it's been fascinating to see the pushback in the press here in Virginia because you've got people, Jimmy, you've got people who are trying to compare gun owners right now to slave owners in the 1830s, uh, you know, who tried to nullify the tariff in South Carolina because they wanted to keep a, a hold of their slaves. And the point that I keep making is, look, this is, by the way, this is very different. If you want to go back to the 1830s uh, in Virginia, there was a, a slave revolt called Matt Turner's Rebellion. And as a result of this slave revolt in which 50 people were killed, Virginia's lawmakers then banned the keeping and bearing of arms by free blacks. So if you want to talk about, you know, a gun control response to a tragedy, um, yeah, you know, we, we've got that in the state's history. But right. what gun owners are doing, we're not trying to inhibit the free exercise of any rights. We're trying to protect the free exercise right. of, of constitutionally protected rights. And, you know, and the folks who are turning out, I'm telling you, 18 to 80 black, white uh, men, women, it is a cross section of this state. And and again, I just think that uh, I don't think gun owners or I don't think Democrats really understand what they have woken up here. Uh, by, you know, pushing this anti-gun agenda so hard. Okay, so how, and, and, and previously you said that you believe that in some form or fashion this bill is going to pass. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I do. If that passes, what happens then? I mean, are people, do you think that some of the county sheriffs actually have the backbone enough to say, hey, we're not going to do it? We're not going to, we're not going to enforce this? I do. Um, I think particularly in the more rural areas of the state, you're going to see that. Uh, you know, I don't think you'll see that in the northern Virginia suburbs or, or the suburbs of Richmond. But absolutely, in a lot of these counties, there will be sheriffs who will say, you know, look, I'm, I'm not going to uh, enforce this magazine ban or I'm not going to go out looking for people who own uh, these banned guns. I think one of the big issues is going to be what happens with these quote unquote red flag laws. Right. Uh, what happens when a, a judge tells the county sheriff, Hey, go and seize this person's guns because I've determined that there's a substantial risk that they're a danger to themselves or others. Did the county sheriff say, no, get the state police to do it because I'm not. Uh, or did the county sheriff say, all right, I'm going to do this under protest. I, I can tell you just in talking with a couple of county sheriffs around the state, this is very much a, a topic of discussion that they're having among I themselves. Bet. And, and I, I suspect that there is probably going to be um, a fairly unified front presented by a lot of these county sheriffs, uh, particularly once these bills get introduced and we can see some of the specific language. I would not be surprised to see the state sheriff's association come out in opposition uh, to a red flag proposal. And, and, and you know, they'll talk about uh, exactly why they have their, their problems with it. Um, but again, I think we're, you know, as to what happens, I think we're kind of in uncharted territory right now. I can tell you that I think any bill that gets signed into law by Governor Northam is going to get challenged in court. Uh, I'm hopeful that, that we're going to see some, you know, temporary injunctions uh, put in place to, to prevent these laws from actually taking effect. Um, but if these laws go into effect, I mean, that's really the great unknown is what type of compliance we see, yeah. not only from the part of Virginians, but, but you know, on the part of law enforcement as well. And what happens when uh, people like myself who have lost all their weapons uh, over the years and don't <laughs> – I wish mm-hmm. I knew what happened to them, Cam, but I don't. I, I just I don't know what happened to them. They're, they've disappeared. Uh, what happens if I say they've disappeared and then I have to use one? Uh, I mean, there have been 
so, you know, it's, it's funny you bring it up because there have been so many boating accidents recently in Virginia involving people who have just taken their guns <laughs> out for, you know, trips on the James River. And uh, it's awful. My pilot oh. flipped over and they all fell down to the bottom. Uh, you know, again, I, I, I think it's a great question. Um, and I could definitely, you know, yeah, first of all, I, yeah, I suspect what would happen is that if charges were brought, let's say you used an unregistered firearm that was supposed to be registered in self-defense. Right. And the local commonwealth attorney decided we're going to charge you not for defending your life, but for, for owning that gun. Right. Um, I, I think in a lot of counties, frankly, you'd have juries come back and, and acquit you. I just don't think that, again, you know, it comes down to enforcement. And how do you enforce an unpopular law? And, and that is the conundrum that the state of Virginia is going to be facing here very quickly because a lot of the laws that they pass are going to be very unpopular in, in most parts of the state. And being unpopular, look, the, and, and, and you brought up a great point between the sheriffs and the state police, right? So the, the sheriffs answer to the people. The state police do not. So, I right. mean, they can, they can, state police can not be happy about it, but they're still pretty much mandated to do it. So somewhere along the line, somebody's coming to your house to take your guns if the bill passes. I, yeah, I think, that's, I think that's right. I mean, I, you know, I don't want any gun owner in Virginia or around the country to think that a Second Amendment sanctuary resolution is a suit of armor for the right. Second Amendment. It's not, right? I mean, this is a defensive measure, and I've been telling everybody – we are in for some really dark days in Virginia. Yes. Uh, it is, it, I, you know, I am cautiously optimistic. I think that we are building a new grassroots movement in the state that can push back. But for the next two years until the 2021 elections, Democrats are going to be able to have their way legislatively. And really, our only recourse is going to be uh, with those lawsuits. And, and then again, we get into the idea of civil and, and even civic disobedience. Right. And look, the if you're looking at a, a domino effect as far as these states are concerned, to me, uh, you know, Vi- Virginia is the, you know, the, the bellwether. And if it passes and they start actually doing it, uh, there's going to be a number of other states that are going to believe like, uh, well, you know, we could we should do it, too. And uh, oh, that, that fight is going to get really big and ugly. Um, and, and I would say that um, I apologize for this right now, but Texas is closed. And, uh, and I, I just, I know this, I just happened to read it today. I was surprised as anyone that Texas is closed and we're not, you know, there's other States that might take you, but Texas won't, we're closed. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, we do have West Virginia, which is, uh, which is pretty good and pretty close. And, and, and there actually have been, you know, some, uh, some, some sort of joking ideas about, well, maybe West Virginia could just annex you know, most of the state and we could just you know, have the state of Northern Virginia. Uh, and maybe well, they've wanted work. to do that before anyway. Right, exactly. But, you know, it's funny that you bring that up because I have talked to a couple of people at these kind of meetings that I've been to. And I said, you know, have you guys thought about leaving? Have you thought about moving? Yeah. And everybody that I've talked to and I ask that question, they all say no. No, they don't want to move. We we chose to live here. This is America. Yep. And you really can't run away. I mean, you just, you, you can't. You do have to stand and fight because this fight is coming to you no matter where you live. This yeah. fight's coming to Texas. I know. Right? I mean, they're, they're going to they're gonna try to, to turn Texas blue in 2020. Oh, they're all, I mean, yeah, they're already trying they're, that. Right. And, and it's easy to roll our eyes and say, oh, it's not going to happen. 
Well, again, 26 years that Republicans controlled the state legislature in Virginia until all of a sudden they didn't. Right. And, and look, we, we see stories all the time of, and just aside from Virginia, but I mean, we see stories all the time about all the people moving to Texas and moving to other states. And some other states, you know, are, are those states because they're, you know, in quotation marks, freer. Uh, I got news for you. They won't be soon. Not if we well, let this to continue right. on. That's for sure. Um, yeah. So when is the when is their big vote for this that this battle is is supposed to happen? Well, the session gets underway, I believe, January twentieth, uh, and lawmakers have said that gun control is going to be their first priority. So wow. I would expect uh, you know we'll start to see this stuff start moving in late January, early February. Well, I sure hope nothing bad happens in between that, and I mean that <laughs> seriously. Uh, I, mean, I never want anything bad to happen, but I mean if something if something really bad were to happen that might help push that over the edge and then we now you're getting really into territory i don't even want to think about um yeah i'm I'm right there with you it's just just horrible so uh you still believe it passes i do um you know, there's a 21 to 19 Democrat over Republican majority in the state Senate. It's uh, they've got a, a wider margin in the House of Delegates. So if it's close, it's going to be close to the state Senate. Um, I just happen to think that Democrats are going to twist enough arms, you know, for of those rural lawmakers. And they'll say, look, you've got four years before you're up for reelection again. The voters will forget about this. Uh, you got to stick with us or else, you know, you're, you're not going to be a part of the party anymore. I mean, so, this is their number one priority. They will do what they need to do to get it passed. But if you look out at the lawn at the state house and gun owners are out there with their guns, how do you vote for that? <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not saying uh, lot, that people yeah. should show up with their guns, although they should. Uh, and just, well, they will, uh, they, trust me, they will. It's, it's legal and allowed in Virginia. So they'll be there on, uh, January 20th, that's when our, our gun lobby day is going to be. And I yeah. expect that there will be thousands of folks uh, in attendance. There. I'm actually going to be speaking at a rally uh, on January 20th at the state Capitol. And, 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 you know, as to how they do it, I, I don't know. I guess they, they, they close their eyes. Uh, they ignore the folks outside. They think about the scads of Bloomberg bucks that are, are headed their way in their reelection campaign. If they vote for gun control right now, because they know that, They'll have the backing of, of the anti-gun billionaire who uh, has already spent you know millions of dollars in Virginia to, to turn the state blue. Um, and I think that I think ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. They will have to ignore the will of their constituents wow. uh, in order to to do this. But they'll that's exactly what I think they'll do. The will of their constituents. And uh, never mind that pesky thing, the Constitution. Yeah, never mind that thing. What is that? that dust that. Put, that throw that that's thing old, away. That's outdated, right? It's, it's in cursive. You can't even read it anymore. It's Thank too, you. It's too hard. Just amazing. <laughs> so, Cam, one of the other things I wanted to talk to you about, and, and we'll talk more about this, and I certainly hope that uh, you're wrong and that it doesn't pass. And that the only problem with that is, is that even if you're wrong, uh, it's going, you know, it started, uh, uh, you're right in that it's started, uh, a downhill slide that will continue to go downhill no matter what. And people had better start waking up or they'll be coming for your guns. Even if you think they, I could never happen in the U S uh, yeah, yes, it could. But one of the things yeah. that I wanted to talk to you about too, is that, uh, uh, you know, I give you a hard time about uh, 40 acres and a mule, a fool. I got it. And, uh, you know, <laughs> and, and your show, and it's fascinating, and, and, uh, and I love the show, and, and, I, and I love the, the story of your life. But really, I mean, you are living 
your American dream. I mean, you're doing it. You 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 decided that you wanted to uh, to farm and have uh, you know have cattle and have farm. I want to be a farmer. I have mules. That's it. That's me. And uh, and you did it right. So what 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 made you to do that? What made you decide to do that? You know, and you're right. I, I'm very very lucky. Every day I, I wake up uh, and I, I appreciate where I am. Um, and, you know, I asked how we decided to do it. So my wife and I lived in Oklahoma City. Uh, I lived in Oklahoma. She lived in New Jersey when we got married. And uh, we lived in Oklahoma City for seven years. I moved to D.C. in 2004 uh, to start doing Cam and Company for NRA News. And we made it about eight years uh, in the northern Virginia suburbs of D.C. before we just hated it. Uh, we oh, hated the yeah. traffic. We hated the cost of living. I could look out. I would, I would open my front door and I could count 28 other houses. And I just, at some point you just feel like everybody is just living on top of you. And it was kind of impacting our marriage too, at the time we just, we were not in a good place. And so one night we were talking and at the time my show was nine to midnight. So I rarely saw my wife and kids during the week anyway. Boy, we that sucks. Huh? The military. Yeah, right. You know that in, in the uh, in the radio days. I mean, you never—it's so rare to have a normal schedule. I know. Um, I know. We had a lot of friends who were in the military and who were doing, you know, twelve and fourteen month deployments overseas, and wow. so we saw the sacrifices that other folks were making. And, yeah. and I just said, well, why don't we just, you know, why don't we just look and see if we can find a place that we want to live in and. And, 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 you know, worst case scenario, I can, you know, live in D.C. during the week and drive home on the weekends. Um, and we just decided, let's, let's go look and see what's out there. And when we started driving around Virginia, we started in the Shenandoah Valley and went into West Virginia and northern North Carolina. Beautiful and areas. Never, they are. And we never found, like, the right house, but we knew that we were on the right track. You know, we knew that this was really something we wanted to try to do. And after about four months of looking uh, we found this, you know, great rambly old farmhouse that started out as a log cabin in 1770-something, uh, and has just sort of been slowly built onto over the years, and it's on 40 acres. And um, as soon as we were driving down the driveway, actually, my wife said, this is it, and, and she was right. But, honey, there's and, no uh, mules. <laughs> there are no mules. There's space, but, uh, but no mules yet. And, and, and we, we, you know, and we made it work. And so for a year and a half after we bought our place, I actually rented a nine by nine foot bedroom in a townhouse in Alexandria, Virginia. Uh, and that's where I stayed basically Monday night through Thursday night. Well, by, uh, so and by the way, in show. that neck of the woods is not that uncommon. I mean, some of your, uh, yeah. some of your lawmakers do that uh, as well. So, I mean, it's not Absolutely. an uncommon thing to do. No. And, and so we did it for a year and a half and eventually I was able to, uh, moved the show down to Farmville, Virginia, and I didn't have to, you know, live away from my family during the week. And and so for it, it's been seven years since we made the move. Wow. Um, it's been, I guess, about five and a half since I've lived here full time. And again, I'm I'm just so appreciative of the fact that I can work in politics, I can work in media, and I can do it from. Uh, you know, a rural location. I, I don't have to be right there in DC. Uh, and, and I, and we, we have been able to make it work. My wife is able to telecommute for her job. Um, you know, there've been times like with her health issues where we've kind of wondered, would it be better off if we were in a big city, but the, the trade-offs that we would have to make, I, I just, I, I think would be, it. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's not worth it. 
So, uh, you know, I, I just love the idea that, uh, you know, guess what? Um, this is, and this is, look, this is one of the things that my, the argument to uh, Virginia and the Second Amendment and taking your guns away. I mean, you're supposed to be able to live your American dream in this country. That's why people are trying to come here and get in this country. We're not supposed to be taking rights away. Uh, we should be giving right. people more rights. It's a it's a really strange outlook on life to be wanting to take people's rights away. It's just I I can't even fathom thinking like that. But they're I'm, out there. Listen, I'm with you, and I got to tell you that one of the great things about the county that I live in is that you know my American dream is not necessarily my neighbor's American dream. Right. Uh, right. You know, and and so I live in a place. I live in a rural county. It's called Buckingham County. At eighteen thousand people. We have a commune that's been here since the 60s called Yogaville nice. uh, that has about 200 full-time residents. We have uh, an influx of Amish farmers that are moving in from the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area because our land is cheaper than it is up there. Wow. Uh, we've got, right? And so, you know, our county is almost 50-50 black and white. Um, it's about 55-45 Republican Democrat. I mean, it, 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 it shouldn't, we should be at each other's throats, right? Because we're all of these different people. There's a Catholic monastery that's here. And yet we all get along and we're all neighbors. Amazing. And we all for each other. Amazing. Right? I th- and it, I think really one-on-one or as, you know, family on family around America, uh, that's pretty much the way we are. I think it gets uh, portrayed wrong in the, in the mainstream media because uh, really – Everyone wants to get along. I really believe that. I, I, I agree. But I also think that there are people, uh, particularly that, that sort of new breed of Democrats, who, who really don't want us to get along. Uh, and and they, they do want that friction. They want that tension. Um, and there's probably some of those folks on the right as well. But I, I think yeah. you're right. I think for the vast majority of us, we're looking, we're, we're not looking to pick a fight, right? We're looking to be right. left alone. Thank you. That's just uh, amazing to me. So, uh, how's your wife doing? Uh, how's everything with with her struggles and your struggles, the family struggle with uh, you know your wife's uh, issues? Yeah, she's doing okay right now. She um, she was in a, a clinical trial. So, for those who are are new to the program, my wife Miss E is uh, my co-host on Forty Acres in a Pool, and uh, for about a little more than three years now, she's been fighting uh, non-small cell lung cancer and. Uh, she was in a clinical trial earlier this year. She had to get off because of some of the side effects. And so um, she's actually not been on any treatment for the last two or three months. And uh, it's a little concerning. Her, uh-huh. her doctor says the tumors are slow growing. So, you know, don't try to freak out about it. But um, I'm hopeful that in the next couple of weeks, she's going to be back on some sort of treatment. I mean, the good news is she feels fine. She feels really good. Uh, but the bad news is, is that there's nothing in there that's, you know, killing those cancer cells right now. So right. we need to change that pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, uh, that, that you're right. That does need to happen. And I certainly pray that it does. Cam Edwards, 40 acres and a fool. You can uh, subscribe, uh, the same place that you subscribe to chewing the fat amazingly at the, the blaze.com slash podcast. And, uh, for right now, and I'm not promising anything, uh, you know, past today, but for right now it's free. So just go to theblaze.com slash podcast and uh, <laughs> click on 40 Acres and a Fool and uh, Chewing the Fat, and you could subscribe there on any platform that warms the little inside of your heart. Cam Edwards, thanks a lot, man. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Next time we talk, Jeffy, I'm going to have a mule <laughs> named after you, buddy. It's going to be a mule named Jeffy. <laughs> I love you for that. Thank you very much. Oh,